0: So welcome, Gauri. Welcome, Reena. And thank you for doing this again. As you can tell, I'm very excited about today's session. We are too.
1: Thank, thank, you, thank much you for having us. We're excited to be here. And thanks so much for to all of you for joining us on a Saturday morning. We're thrilled to have the opportunity to chat with all of you and you know learn from you and just have a have a nice discussion to kickstart our weekends.
0: We actually have some very interesting um, responses in the chat box on what everyone's understanding is of PR. Uh, That's some fodder for you before you ladies begin. But I am going to humor you with a very quick game that we play with our speakers. So are you ready?
2: We're ready. ready. (laughs) It's a really
0: simple game of this or that. Please, Please feel free, whichever one of you wants to answer, as rapidly. As I mentioned, I don't have any hampers, but uh, I'm going to fire away three quick questions. Okay, the first, who are the more fun clients, F&B
2: or fashion? (laughs) F&B. (laughs) (laughs) An <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, no.
0: F i think gauri's no. laugh was a response so I'm <laughs> f and b as the answer okay the next one is bombay or new york oh
2: god new york
1: new york for sure <laughs> yeah
0: okay uh the last one what's more important interpersonal communication or intrapersonal
2: communication both very important.
0: Both. Which one Very is slightly important. more? Come on, guys. It's a, it's a this or that. If you had to choose. You take one, I'll take the other.
1: Uh,
2: interpersonal.
1: Intrapersonal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, run. Run. It's funny, this is what you get when you get the two of us. So Yeah, you know. I know. I should have thought this through. I like this tag team situation happening.
2: And exactly. it always is a tag team situation. I'll tell you that.
0: I'm glad. Okay, so members, I'm gonna quickly take you over the rules for those of you who are joining us for the first time. Uh, You can start dropping your questions as Gauri and Reina go along. They do have a quick presentation for us, but this is a very interactive session and they'd love to take all your questions, which I'm gonna help them uh, with. So please feel free to, if you have any follow-up questions while they are taking us over and talking us through um, all things PR, feel free to drop them in the chat box. You know, I'm gonna request you to unmute yourself and ask them directly. And I think that also just helps with the conversation going. And that is really it. Um, The chat box is open and over to you both to talk us through cutting through the noise um, with PR.
1: Wonderful, thank you. I think um, we were gonna start exactly with a quick poll, which you probably see on your screens, yeah. Oh, I'm loving the mm-hmm.
0: 50 51 that's happening.
3: <laughs> oh, that's a close one. Oh, wow.
4: I think we can uh, reveal the results yes. on Leha. Huh? I don't think everyone can see it. Yeah. 48
0: and 52. Cool. <laughs> Here's hoping that the not yet uh, changes into yes post today's session. Yeah. Exactly, that's our goal. Absolutely,
2: that's
1: great. really interesting. Okay, great. So I'm just gonna—I'm actually just gonna um, pull up um, our presentation yeah. and
4: just close this out. Uh, uh, am
0: I allowed to share screen at this point? Yeah, you're. I have made you co-host.
3: So, okay, well, okay. just one sec.
4: Try and put it up.
0: Let me know if you want me to also uh, share it instead, Cory. Yeah,
1: I, have. I seem to be able to. Uh would you like me to yeah if you don't mind um no stress no okay. actually vishwani uh, i'm just going to send you sorry guys sorry for the you know tech related uh, issue but we'll get started but while vishwani is sharing the screen Johnny, i'm just sending you the final one um will sure. just uh, yeah all right so just just as you know before the presentation comes up um I think the reason why we also asked asked you to tell us a little bit about what you think PR means uh, is because, you know, to to Rhena and me, we really feel and we felt this, you know, since we've started Twain, uh, is that pretty much everything you guys have said in the chat is correct, you know, PR is all of these things. And it's really interesting because Over the years, PR has really morphed, you know, what used to be an industry that was so easy to sum up in a few words or a few sentences has just become this, you know, sprawling mass that's pretty much encompassing so much more at this stage than what, what, what it was when PR started so many years ago. And to us that's actually a very challenging and very creative and interesting Uh, process that we've seen, you know, unfurl and develop over the years because, you know, we've gone from therefore calling PR PR to more just a communications strategy, a communications approach that brands have to take on behalf of, you know, the PR agencies have to take on behalf of their brands or brands have to take internally. So you will hear a lot of that from us, you know, through this presentation, just about how PR has evolved over the years, Um, you know, the areas of it that we really think, uh, you know, from our point of view, that you should pay attention to. uh, We're looking at this also trying to look at it from the point of view, both, uh, you know, from a client, you know, like, so let's say you're a
4: brand and you're looking for an agency, or you're looking for somebody to, uh, you know, bring into your, um, to
3: So that's how we were really trying to look at it. And then honestly,
1: as Vishwani said, please feel free to ask questions. Let's make this as interactive as possible so we can
4: really just make the most of it. Super. Can you all see my screen? We can. Vishwani, you might have to make it uh, full screen. because,
3: yeah. Yeah,
4: better? Yeah, much better. Okay, super.
5: Great, we
2: can, I think, go to the next slide. I think Gauri just went over this, but what is PR? PR is really a cohesive communication strategy across different mediums. So what a PR agency does is look at, look, look at, different avenues of communication I think I actually let me take a step back um, it's funny because you know PR actually started in the early 1900s and when it did start PR was really about communicating with your audience through whatever medium was available to you at that stage um, mm-hmm. and you know we Gori and I often talk about wartime PR we talk about uh, you know uh, politicians make building their profiles because that's really when things started. And then as we went on, PR just started being known as media, right? And media relations. And that continued for a very long time. And definitely when Gory and I started our careers and we slowly, slowly realized that we were in the middle in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, PR was very, very much just media. What, how do you get how do you get your brand in traditional press how do you get your brand in on on online when online started um but now over the last few years and specifically through the pandemic i think we have expanded our, our view of what pr is and pr is all forms of communication it is understanding your different channels of communication it is understanding what you are putting out there what what your stakeholder is putting out there understanding your audience finding the right content strategy working with the media working on digital working with influencers of course and we'll talk about that a lot collaborating with individuals and brands that are similar to yours, different than yours, strategic partnerships, and then overall your positioning strategy. So we are going to run through this presentation, trying to highlight all aspects of what we're what you see on the screen right now. Stop us where you'd like us to talk more, uh, but of course we've got question and answers later, but this is really the flow of how we're going to talk about our role as PR experts. I think we can go to the next slide.
1: So you know, we get this question a lot, actually, and you know, to, to date, um, both from we get two questions. One question we always get is, "What is PR?" I think that a lot of brands and clients are still very confused about what that means, and I think that when that happens, it 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 creates a bit of a disconnect between what a client is looking for and what a brand is expecting from a PR agency. Um, and you know what an agency can actually provide. Um, so, and, and the second question we get, and this is actually we get this a lot from from smaller businesses, um, is should I be investing in PR? And you know we see from the poll as well that you know a lot of you, and of course we don't know the exact reasons why, but a lot of you haven't necessarily thought that PR is something that you want to engage in just yet. Um, of course, it's our role to try and change your minds. but um I, I think that you know it's important for for small brands to also realize that PR is basically your foundation. It's, you know, it's kind of like the main toolkit that any brand should be um, uh, investing in before before they actually go out to market. And we'll just run you through why we believe that 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 it's important. Um, you know, a, a lot of brands do believe that PR is all is advertising. and you know, while, in the past, it was actually two very different things. It's now become almost like PR has taken over from where advertising has stopped. So the traditional paid advertising, you know, gets you so far. But what PR does is really is really be able to, you know, stretch the role of of you know your business and and stretch the the messaging of your business beyond just what you see in like a print ad or a digital ad. Um, and, and while we also, you know, we've always been a bit more traditional when we talk to clients about, you know, seeking forms of PR that are unpaid and earned because, you know, at, in the past, if you paid for something, it turned into advertising. Today, we can't deny the fact that, that a lot of PR also, you know, has paid components. You know, we talk so much about influencers and we'll get into that in great detail a little later, but, but PR basically is something that it helps a brand differentiate itself. It it helps you cut through the clutter to use a very you know overused phrase. And it's there's a market that's so saturated. It's really what helps you hit the ground running with something really interesting to talk about and to um, engage your audiences with accordingly. We can go to the next slide, Bhushan. Thank you.
2: So I think um, I I don't know if you can see the bottom, but what what this this slide really talks about stretching your budget and how a PR PR agency really helps you do that. Um, so when you work with a PR agency, your agent it's your agency's job to do these it's a multifaceted job, right? So we're taking on influencers, we're taking on media, we're taking on marketing, we're taking on word of mouth, we're marketing, we're taking on influencer engagement. So within one retainer, you are now targeting all the things that are integral to your communication strategy wherein uh, with, with, with the appropriate expertise. If you were to hire these several resources internally for each of these things, your budget would be doubled, tripled, quadrupled. So here you're looking at one point of contact with the whole communications gamut within one retainer for multiple people that have multiple different layers of expertise within your, within, within your, your vertical, your, your um, arena. So I think that it's very, you know, when a lot of people ask, why should I get a PR agency? I think this is actually the most practical way to answer the question, because what you're allowing yourself to do is get several resources for what you might hire as one, as, as a, As multiple resources internally. So it's one point of contact for what you would hire as multiple resources internally. So that's one point, but also through an agency who works with other clients, whether it's in your space or outside of the space, there are a lot of relationships that have already been formed. So what you may have to pay for in terms of advertising or influencers you may not need to when you're working with an agency because they have their own relationships and tie-ups in place and so i think that you know, we're, there's a lot that we're going to give you here today to understand PR and how to work with an agency, but this is really the crux of why people want to work with agencies and how it'll benefit you from a financial standpoint. Um, so I think it's just, it was, it was one thing that we wanted to leave you with. And of course, we can get to questions later, but it really is about stretching your budget for smaller businesses where budgets are tight. It's really important. Um, also sets the foundation for uh, larger businesses. I think that, you know, we, the, the larger businesses and corporations that we work with, we find that for them, um, of course, it's less about the budget, but it's also about a lot of innovation of ideas, because they don't get that as much as, as companies find, find their base. Um, so really, that's how we work with different uh, different uh, layers of corporations as well.
1: Also, just to quickly jump in, there was one question from Amna, when does one need to hire a PR firm? Is there a way to evaluate that? So it's a great question. And, you know, uh, I, I think it really ties into what Reina has just said that it basically is, um, we would say that, you know, as soon as you can, because, because as Reina has just, you know, outlined, um, the th- there's so much the brand needs to do uh, to ensure that they are a, also ready, ready for market from a communication standpoint. So while you may believe that, you know, you are ready from a consumer standpoint, just the messaging and we're going to get into that. And we feel that that, you know, a few of the slides coming up are very, very important to what a brand needs to do. And, it you know, it could be um, a PR firm. It could be an internal resource who you believe speaks the same language as you, you know, kind of has the same vision for your brand, because that's also really important and is able to understand how best to get that communication out to the market, because there are so many tools as we've said, but that doesn't mean that every single tool makes sense for your particular brand. So it is good to work with an expert who knows exactly or at which influencers should, would make sense for me um you know which which tools i mean should i should i have a blog should i have a podcast um how do i do my own personal pr there's so many elements to it so it would make sense to even if it if it were a project to begin with to hire someone to kind of have a top level bird's eye view to say all right you know you're ready now to go out into the market with your messaging intact and with you know the brand ready to be communicated to the public because honestly you mostly get one chance and of course you can build on that and layer on that but With with the with consumers the way they are today, with you know attention spans being so minute, and with the new generations that we're talking to, you know consumer wise, it's very important to make that really good first impression because otherwise you may lose a lot of market share as a
2: result. And just one more thing, just to add on to what Gauri said, I think if you haven't started PR at your launch period, it's important to discuss that with your PR agency as well because how you address PR is really. It's, it's very dependent on where you are in your brand journey. So it's not, I think it's it's important to set expectations correctly, both and align expectations, you and your PR agency, but also really look at a strategy that would make sense for where you are as well. If you don't start, right, if you don't go into uh, launching your brand with PR, and of course, that's what we recommend to everyone. But otherwise, it's important to see, to, to, to discuss where you are in that journey.
0: So I think Reina, uh, Arti had a question as well, yeah. uh, which was to do with increasing brand search volume. arti do you want to unmute yourself and ask?
6: Yes. So, um, so usually the question which we get uh, from my team is that, how does the PR, uh, what we are doing is uh, helping in increasing the search volume of the brand, right? Because one of the uh, main North star for, my company is looking at the search volume, how it's increasing over the time. So how does actually, does PR help in increasing that? And if yes, uh, what are the tactics which can help us uh, improve the brand search volume?
2: So I think that uh, that's a great question. Thank you. And in fact, we've dedicated a full slide to how to measure ROI and measure PR because I can see a lot of questions popping up about that. So mm-hmm. it is. We will address it in a little bit more detail later. I think there's two things I want to say right off the bat, though. The first one is that you know we are not um, we are not a digital marketing agency. So SEO questions are difficult for us to address. Mm-hmm. That said. PR works as a visibility is ultimately the the name of the game is visibility and buzz. So with the right PR agency, you should have enough people wanting to search for for, for your brand name or for the product. So the role of the PR agency doesn't necessarily become searchability, but it becomes enough interest to encourage people to search. Now, we will... um, I think let's get to the measurability slide so we can talk about actual ROI and measuring a little bit later, but to define, and I think it's something maybe we should have already said, but we'll say it now is that PR itself works as your pre-sales channel. So our role and our goal is to make sure enough people have heard about your brand in the right way, in the right way, in the correct way to want to make them search and then purchase. So I just want to make that clarification. I don't know if it completely answers the question, but I hope it gives some clarity.
3: Yeah, it does.
2: Yeah, I think we can go on. Awesome. So I think think I'll start on this one. Um, You know, ultimately, uh, as an agency, our role really is to ensure authentic, consistent messaging for a brand that lasts and endures. It's you know, we, you can't change what you stand for every three months. You can't change what you want to say to your audience every quarter. It, it's just not, it just doesn't work. So how do you craft that narrative? For us as Twin, we do that through telling stories. We want to tell stories about your people, about your values, about your founders, about your brand that will people will be able to remember. So recall value will be high. They'll be able to repeat because it's in story format and not necessarily in fact format. Not to say facts aren't very important, numbers are important, facts are important, but really it is, you know, we, we talk about an elevator pitch, right? We talk about what is, how would you describe your, your brand in two lines? And we will identify that for you. And then we talk about what are we have to speak to your entire audience your audience differs it's not one type of person so how do we develop story bags and lines of inquiry for all those different people Um, And that's really what an agency does. So we ensure that your messaging, we have a key messaging document. It is consistent. It is adapted to the different tools of PR, which is your press release, your key messaging for influencers, your brand toolkit, your how we brief the designers when you have to get into marketing collateral. So there's one master messaging document. And then from there, depending on the channel, how do you build those individual stories? And how do all of those retain consistency? So really that's a very, very important role for a PR agency and that is where you start because it's startup, you start with how you tell the story not where you tell it.
1: Also, there was a question from Samridhi, um, is there a hack to ensuring constant organic PR for a brand um, because you've worked with the PR agency previously but are now exploring how to do this on your own. So that also, you know, goes back to Reena's point that if you have your stories um, in place, if you if you know exactly what you want to talk about for your brand, you know the the one you you have to just keep being creative because you're not always going to have a new launch of a product, you're not always going to have something that's newsworthy, you're not always going to be you know closing closing a fundraise, you know if you're in that uh, line of business. So what is it that you know? And I speak I speak to this from a media standpoint. You know, like what is it that media will want to cover? consistently you have to you know think about the timeliness of what you're putting out there uh, you know is is there something seasonal that you can talk about you know is there something like a global trend that you can get behind you know through your brand so just ensuring that you know ultimately you as as the the owner of your brand knows the brand story the best so it's it's just talk thinking about you know different angles from which you know changing your perspective a little bit and figuring out how you can come at the same brand from different ways and also really trying to understand who your your customer is and who your target your your ideal customer is someone who may not already be there already so how would they want to hear about you so these are multiple ways in which you know more consistent organic pr can be generated and we'll get into it a little more as well as we keep going but it's i mean creativity unfortunately is it's you know it's, it's a difficult thing to constantly have but it's it really is the name of the game and authenticity. You know when you have your narrative is really important because unfortunately today's consumer is so savvy that they can see through something that's too glossy, too packaged. They just want to see the authentic, you know, um, uh, philosophy behind a brand, and that's what really engages them. Rishani, we can we can uh, keep going. Thank you. So this was a this was just a quick slide on engaging media. So you know we we assume that a lot of you um, are obviously in this space and obviously have to work with media uh, consistently. And um, you know a smart brand will obviously have certain you know a certain kind of PR toolkit in place. Like for example, your well written press release, uh, you know f- for your launches, um, a, a you know an overview of your brand, you know the profile of, of the spokesperson. So. All of that is great. However, you know, tons of brands have that. So how exactly, you know, do you then engage with media and ensure that they're going to open your email or look at your pitch before they look at anyone else's. So we, we wanted to explore this a little more from the angle of you know how things have changed in the media landscape specifically um you know during and and you know post pandemic or wherever, wherever we're at right now and you know it's really important you know we think that that what's something that's very underrated but is so important is good writing so your pitches need to be crisp they need to be short they need to be to the point um <clears throat> media Uh, you know, uh, um, a a lot of these media companies, you know, have have cut their staff more than ever before. Uh, Freelancers are totally overworked. They need to be able to open a pitch and know exactly what you're talking about and whether or not it's going to fit their brief of what they want to look at. Um, you know, it's it's always a very nice gesture, especially now, but even before, to develop a personal relationship with media. So, you know, ask about their families. Are they are they affected by COVID? You know, how are they doing? Do follow-ups that seem a little more personal, and they'll realize that you're taking the time to really form relationships with them, versus just being, you know, look, hounding them for a story. And at the end of the day, you know, of course, we are all trying to do that. We're all trying to get our clients' coverage, our brand's coverage. but media really likes it if you take that extra step. So that's really important and it can go a long way. And even more than before now, be more mindful about staying relevant. You know, I mean, we, we're we coming out of, of, you know, a second wave, we're potentially going into a third wave. It's it's important to just know exactly what media is covering. Uh, you know, in Lifestyle Press, that Rena and I actually um, uh, do a lot with, uh, it's important to just know, you know, when they're looking to cover something a little more fluff of the the fluff variety versus when they're looking at, you know, hard hitting facts. So for example, Mishwani, you asked us about F&B clients, because we have done a lot of work with them. Uh, You know, a lot of the media coverage that they were getting has been about, you know, has the government been supportive about, you know, when, when things are reopening, about the curfews, about the support that they're getting. So media is covering that. They're not necessarily covering, you know, a new seasonal ingredient, for example. So it's important to also ensure that you know exactly what your target media is talking about. And trying to stay a few steps ahead as a result, because they will also appreciate that gesture that you know exactly how to, how to target them and how to speak to them. And it goes a very, very long way um, to, to engage with them and form those longer lasting relationships, which will ultimately have them reach for, you know, to pick up your call first and to open your email first. I think we can move on. Yeah, we
2: can move on. Next slide. Think, yeah. Ah. This is the yeah. this is the one that everyone. The question asks. everyone wants answers. <laughs> everyone wants want to go know. For it. Um, I'm going to do. I mean, please ask questions. I'm going to do my best to try and explain how, as a PR agency, we measure effectiveness. Our clients do sometimes see it a different way. So, since you guys are sitting there from the client standpoint, if there's anything you want to ask, we'll do whatever we can to answer those questions. Um, but overall, yes, it is a question we get a lot. How do you measure the effectiveness of a campaign. I think setting the tone for what PR is is the most important and that is your visibility and that is your buzz that said qualitative analysis is a qualitative analysis is as important as a quantitative one. What I would advise and what I advise all my clients, and when I say I, I definitely mean we, is um, is that we we always tell our client for every activity, let's identify what the objective is. Because the objective for a media clipping it could be that we are raising funds for investment the objective for an influencer campaign could be the visibility the objective for word of mouth marketing could direct, be direct sales so i think that when you say blanket and roi we always look at like, like what is the what is the the, the blanket me- measure of effectiveness we look at formulas we look at Um, We look at, you know, numbers, this is how many impressions we got, we could have 1 million impressions, where 23 of those were relevant. Right. So I think that it's very important, and you should work with a PR agency who is open to this, to say, this is our strategy for the month. This is what we're doing within the media, within the media scope of work. Work. this is what we're doing within the influencer scope of work here is what we're doing for collaborations and so on so so on and so forth but within that let's identify what the objective is for each and also let's come up with our own metric to measure it you know very very often we've worked with clients who are who will say that okay if the objective visibility how should we look at that and they work with us as a partner to identify what that metric will look like so there is there is absolutely no blanket way of doing this this has to be a conversation between you and your agency as partners on what is most successful for the brand and with a very clear understanding of what we're hoping to achieve overall now that that is the best way to do it there are definitely I mean Gori will talk a little bit more about the, the formula that we use for 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 actual media clips with influencers of course you can look at the back end look at engagement look at uh, impressions it's easy to do but is that accurate enough as a PR agency I don't think so I think we have to look at it qualitatively we have to look at it based on the objective in mind I think that's uh, Gauri is there anything you would add
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, just to your point about, about, you know, media clippings, we we certainly are not saying that, you know, move away from traditional hygiene PR, you know, the media outreach, you know, getting coverage in publications, that's, that's always going to remain important for brands. And that's a large part of what we do. But we find that agencies end up scrambling at the end of every month to, you know, put in every little small snippet that they get and call it a clip, you know, or because we think that, you know, there's a lot of pressure to, to, you know, show how much has been has been generated in a month Versus the quality of it, so so we do think that you know what we're finding more and more is that when we speak to clients, we talk about the value we can add from you know you get two larger pieces of coverage in a month that really encompass all your brand messaging, and that's so much more important than fifteen small pieces you know which may mention your brand, may not mention your brand because of media net issues, you know certain things like that. So we really do believe that that it's very important, as Jaina was saying, to work hand in hand with your agency or whether you know. if you're you're an agency or a PR person, to work hand in hand with your brand, your client, to just say that these are the ways in which effectiveness can best be measured and slightly start moving away from AVE impressions and so on, because also so much media is now paid for. So it it is becoming more as if you're measuring advertisements as a result, not just equivalency values. So that would be important to do, to just find a cohesive strategy that works for you both. But We would say that, you know, it would take a lot of work to actually get there, because I think that, you know, uh, the measurement systems and scales have been so ingrained in all of us for for so many years that it's going to take a while to start thinking differently. But the good news is, is that because the PR space has changed so drastically, it it, more and more people are starting to understand that with so many different channels in, you know, through which your brand is being elevated and, you know, put out there and amplified, they're going to have to be new ways to, to measure as well.
0: Um, I think, Corey Pooja had a question on the fight between organic and inorganic coverages. And I think, um, do you want to unmute yourself and touch upon that a little bit? Is Pooja here?
6: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, uh, right now, there is a new system in place where many of the huge media houses that have 10 or 15 outlets under their name, Uh, they come up with content creation and they come up with publishing in their uh, uh, firms that are are, uh, under the umbrella and everything like that. So unfortunately, many of the marketing teams, uh, since I deal with more of a tech side, uh, the marketing teams think that that whatever is paid is still a PR. And unfortunately, that is not what happens. So there is always a clash happening between the organic uh, way of what, how we get things done on our side and what, uh, what we are pressured to do inorganically. Uh, PR firms are being suggested to go on an inorganic method telling, uh, you know what, we'll give the money, get things done. So how, how do we, uh, you know, thread across those lines? Uh, because most of the PR firms take pride in getting things done organically. Uh, and since this is a new trend, so how do we thread these lines?
1: No, it's a great question, Puja, and you know, be having been a, a more traditional PR person for about twenty years, it's I really mourn this every single day. You know how unfortunately organic PR is becoming. You know, so, it's kind of a thing of the past. It's like a relic almost at this stage. So I would say that, you know, it's definitely, you know, if if there's a brand that has budgets at this stage, we would say that it certainly makes sense to try and do both, you know I mean? Ultimately you're right at the end of the day, brands are not necessarily going to make the distinction between the two. Um, you know, and if they have budgets, then we say certainly go for it. You know, we work with so many smaller brands as well, where they just simply don't have budgets to do things like this. Which is why we say, therefore, for brands like them, it's better to then have this cohesive communication strategy where they're not only relying on traditional PR and coverage. So where they may not be getting the organic press, uh, you know, as frequently because of the way things have changed, we would say that therefore, you know, try and build your buzz through marketing, through influencers, through other methods, so that you can still have you know the share of voice and you know occupy the same space that larger brands might um, but you know, I, I'm still a traditionalist where I say I think I'm you know along the same lines as you where I do say that you know I would still love to see how much organic press one can get because there's no authenticity when you say advertorial or in partnership with you know what I mean and I, I honestly believe people just flip through that and don't really pay attention to it. So we we do it's an uphill battle I feel with a lot of clients to explain to them that that's not necessarily a good place to, to put their ad dollars and in fact we tell we tell brands to put it towards digital marketing instead you know. Think of of those kinds of angles to put your money towards because that could be much more effective for you. But the short answer is, you know, every brand is going to be different um, in how they approach this. Some will remain stubborn, and that's fine. And you know, that's their approach. And you have to, as a good agency, you have to be flexible and pliant yourself, and then work around that. But I would say that if you have a cohesive communication strategy where they're still seeing buzz being built from other angles, it might be a good way for them to be able to ease off the, the inorganic press as a result.
2: And can I say yeah. one thing here? Yeah. Please. Uh, just one thing is that, you know, we have, I mean, we, we have in the recent past, because the PR landscape is changing so much, worked with brands that are sort of forced to put a little bit of money if they do have the budgets into, into press. And I think that what's very important for a, for a PR agency to take stock of there is that are we getting our bang for our buck? Like, are we getting the most out of what we are paying for? Because There's very very many ways to negotiate that as well. And I find that, you know, I I hear Gauri on the phone and she looks so much at our PR strategy as you would see from the slides that she's taken is that all the time trying to work with publications to see that if we are investing with them, are we getting enough out of it, right? And so I think that's the next question. That's that's an answer to a question that you haven't asked, but if we are putting money is there enough that we are getting out of it? And I think that's important to consider as well.
6: Thank you, because my boss is completely against tie-ups. We are pushing (laughs) him towards getting tie-ups. So that is why I felt it was a very irrelevant question. Thank you. For sure, thank you.
0: Um, I think there's a question on metrics from two members. Um, Shara, would you like to unmute and ask? Because you and Amna have similar questions
3: yeah hi Hi. can you hear me yes we can okay cool um so my question is basically around because you mentioned that you know we can create our metrics ourselves and i completely agree about you know this whole you know qualitative measure we recently did a social media campaign where we reached like 4 million impressions but ultimately how many people actually reached our website is is a big question right so um so based on that, I was just wondering, and of course, everybody's superiors keep asking, right? So how much, you know, how much is the ROI? What are the metrics? But then the question is, okay, say a thousand people reach my website. Is that good? Or is that, you know, not so good? So what should the benchmark be? So more importantly, when we're trying to define, and because we have no experience in this area, and also the kind of stuff that we're doing is almost um you know it's it's in the healthcare space and it's in disease awareness so again it's not going to tie into direct sales um but the whole point is how do we know whether what we're receiving is good or bad so how do we benchmark that's my main question okay i'm gonna try
2: to take this um i think it's a question there's a couple of things that come into play here. So one is we have to, I I wish I could give you the immediate answer right now, but what one really has to do is study the brand and study what the metrics have been previously, because if you were only having 200 impressions, getting 200 impressions previously, then a thousand is fantastic. It's a 5x growth, right? Usually with with, with PR in the first six months, you say that it should double approximately one third is what they say, depending on what the business is, what the brand is, what the price point is. I mean, there's so many variables that come into play. What I would say is that we need to figure out, okay, say the objective is driving people to the website. Then let's try three different things And three different things within those different things. So say an influencer Mm -hmm. is one, a PR piece is two, and SEO is three. Within the influencers, let's try two and make a a comparison. Because only then can you really build to understand what each of these things is doing for you. If it's fairly equal and we're not happy, then maybe maybe influencer engagement is just not part of the strategy. However, if you have two influencers and we is able to give us 1500 impressions and one 200 then clearly we need to go into influencers and figure out what is the kind of influencer so i think that we need to in order to make a really informed and really strategic decision you need to have enough data in front of you unfortunately that's the only way to answer that question that said i think that a pr agency when they do come on board or certainly certainly when when we would we would always say that let's look at what we have so far let's find the medium first right like mm-hmm. if it is influencers if it is seo what have we already tried let's then say that okay the objective is to drive visibility what is the format that gives us the most visibility so for example I'm, and i'm not using using your your brand as an example but if it is for uh, for example we're looking at a mid-level fashion brand, then one of the ways to measure could be that, okay, do we embed promo codes, right? Because we know then, I think what's very important is to know where traction is coming from, right? So if, so apart from how to, apart from how to, I'm sorry, I'm trying my best to answer this one, but apart from making those comparisons, I think it's very, very important to see which avenue is allowing you to make those comparisons, right? And I think that we try to skip so far ahead into the to the end result that we don't necessarily think of, are we doing the right, are we using the right tools to get that end result? So really it's a roundabout way of answering your question. And I would be very happy to, of course, chat with you further, but it's it really does
3: become a very personal process. I don't know if I answer. Thank you. <laughs> No, I, I think what, what's come out of it is probably that when we just start out, we use our own performance as a starting baseline benchmark almost and don't you know try to reach out across external benchmarks until we've learned our own performance and what we're doing and what's working and then start to measure against what... What's... And have the
2: opportunity to, opportunity to make a few comparisons. So mm. as an agency, the first thing I would say is that, okay depending on the budgets we have, let's make sure we try a few things. We can't try one thing and say it worked or it didn't work, right? It's Mm -hmm. our job to recommend what those few things should be and within each category, how we should really strategize to make the most of what we are doing. And even without a budget, I'm not saying that everything needs to have a budget, right? Like tomorrow, it could end up just being a simple gifting campaign, which may not be the best thing to do. But if that's the budget we're presented with, then that's what we look at. But We have to do something to build that data, is all I'm saying.
3: Thanks.
0: Should I move ahead in the presentation?
3: Uh, Just one question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, something about in the first six months, PR should... And I missed what you said after. Uh, I don't know if you remember what you were saying. I think it was about growing by one-third. You've mentioned something like that.
2: So, I mean, it depends business to business, right? We say that usually you, you see one third in six months uh, be, uh, um, if you take into account prior growth. But I think there's, you know, I don't feel, I feel like that's what the statistic is that I've read that we see, but I think it's business to business, activity to activity, amount of budget. So really it's, it is anyone's guess what really happens, but you can always identify that objective as well with your BR agency. So if you want to, if, again, keeping in mind that when that, that PR is not necessarily sales, but it, it works as the pre-buzz and pre-sales channel. I mean, it's fair to when someone comes in and say, our objective is to grow by X percent, let's work accordingly. Your PR agency should be able to come back to you to say, to grow by X percent, you will need X amount of budget, or we will be able to grow Y percent. Right? So I think it's just really about that ongoing dialogue and really the main takeaway is that your BR agency really needs to be your partner and advise you in this way and should not be afraid to say no to you when it is unrealistic and I think that that's what ends up happening with um, we, a, lot of, a lot of agencies promise of, or even freelancers, I mean ultimately a lot of pe- people in our field promise the earth but if it's not realistic and it's not achievable then that's what's actually creating
3: the, the, the tension there. Yeah. Rena, if I
4: may, um, I think there are a bunch of small business owners in our audience, right, and as members as well. So I know there's this entire chatter about finding the right agency, but how do you find that right? And where do you really look for that agency when you're working with limited budgets, right? Because if you have a budget, you also want to spend it on real spends and and not so much just give it to the agency. So what's the right balance, how do you look, where do you look? Uh,
2: I think there's two things that um, I would always advise that, you know, A, you are able to connect with the team that's working on your account. I think that is ultimately the most important thing. They should understand your business and should understand you um, and vice versa because I think that if, if if the agency and the people that you choose are able to live Breathe, understand your brand. Could be consumers. They're able to. They're able to work on your brand in a different way. I think, of course, it's also it's also important to look at relevant experience. Certainly, but there have been cases in which you relevant experience has counted for nothing and we've you know we've worked on a brand that we've on in a in a space that we've never worked on before and it's ended up being our most successful space so i think that it just it but but if if we are making it making an educated decision i think look at the experience look at the team understand the understand the hygiene of the way someone is going to service the account and always remember that if you depending on the scope of work you finalize with your br agency you will know how much in fact that your PR agency is able to give you within that one retainer and very often it is a lot uh, because otherwise you would be looking at budgets plus internal resources um, if there is no expertise internally so I think that's one way to answer the question
1: also I would say that you know where you find an agency um, there's a you you should just ask your networks a lot because you know personal recommendations count for a lot um, I would say that Jaina and I have been really lucky over the past seven years of Twain that pretty much every client we've got on has been through a word-of-mouth recommendation. And so that just also goes to show how, you know, word-of-mouth PR has worked for us, you know, that's a great example of it. Because, you know, your, your networks, your professional personal networks will know you, the kind of, you know, people who you will gel with and will want to, you know, work with as a result, and be able to recommend brand partners that they may have heard of or worked with themselves. So, um, so that's that's also a very important thing to to do. And just you know, to add on to that, I know we probably have to keep moving on the presentation. But there was a, um, it's true, Pooja. Word of mouth really is the best strategy. And um, Kushbu, there was there was a question from Kushbu saying that you know, if we hire PR, does you know are there is, is uh, you know, does the, the agency share monthly targets? The answer is 100%. I mean, you definitely need to work with an agency that has formats, that has structures that will give you visibility, because at the end of the day, a lot of what we're talking about and which is why we're still on this slide is that a lot of what we do is kind of ephemeral, right? Like you can't entirely really measure what we're up to on a day-to-day basis. So just being able to map out that structure and strategy with your agency is very important. Um, I would say that typically agencies don't do fundraising. That was another part of your question, Kushbu. But sponsorships definitely, because that comes into the brand collaboration part of what you know agencies help to do for for brands and for clients. Um, and um, it's it's basically again, you know, as we we keep we keep reiterating just what um, an agency can do to help you build build your buzz as much as possible. Um, but definitely within the, the structure and framework of a monthly target, um, you know. A Monthly plan, and so that you know exactly what they're working on at all times.
3: I think we can go on to the next. I think we've covered. So this is. I mean, I'll be really quick
1: on the slide because I think that we've pretty much covered this a lot. Um, you know, again, it's just very quickly to reiterate how PR is becoming more than just press. Um, and you know how marketing and PR are you know so firmly intertwined that there's no real way to actually separate the two any longer. and, and you shouldn't. And there was a question that also came up uh, about you know what is the difference between marketing and PR. I would say that a very a very simple way to just say that is that PR is really your media coverage. Marketing is everything else that adds to your communications plan. So and, and you know, and PR is also you know how you create a presence for your brand as well. Um, And marketing is is able to then amplify that into the larger market. So those are the two, you know, just a very basic way of of differentiating and bringing together the two. Um, And and why the two are so entwined just to quickly recap is because how modern day PR is facing so many challenges with media outlets, you know, asking for payment for more and more articles, so inorganic PR becoming a thing that most brands are now doing, Um, how the nature of media is changing. You know, earlier we would only have newspapers, magazines, you know, then we had television, we have podcasts, we have blogs, we have, you know, author articles. We have a lot of new age media now that's come up, which brands should 100% be leveraging. And that allows you for so many more opportunities to get the word out there. Um, and then we talk about integrated campaigns, which ties into so much of what we've spoken about, which is that, you know, all your messaging and your storytelling has to, has to reflect across all your different platforms. So what you're saying to the press has to be said on your Instagram or your LinkedIn. Um, it, you know, it, has, it has to reflect in, in the way you talk about the brand yourself. Uh, So, everywhere you turn, any messaging that that is out there about your brand has to be integrated across every channel that you have chosen personally to to, um, convey your brand messaging through. Um, And then, of course, you know, the, the rise and rise and rise of digital and of influencers is such a huge way in which PR has changed probably forever, and we'll talk about that actually very soon. Um, And then collaborative relationships with like-minded brands. So brand collaborations, we would say, especially for small businesses that are starting out, but definitely also for larger ones are so important because if you're a new business and you're trying to figure out ways to build your buzz without necessarily spending a lot of money, um, it would be great to collaborate with a like-minded brand that already has an established audience who you can then get in front of who could become potential customers. So we can't stress the value enough also of brand collaborations with the right kind of brands who would you know, have audiences who could potentially become yours as well. Yeah.
3: I think we can go with to the next slide. Yeah.
4: I think
1: before this, we're gonna have a, a quick, uh, one more poll if I'm not wrong.
4: Yes, we do. Super. I'm really interested
5: in this one.
3: They're both negative. Uh, Is there like a third option?
0: No, I didn't want to confuse you guys more.
3: I think we
4: can show the results, Neha. Yeah. Wonderful. So we
2: all know that influencer engagement is definitely necessary, um, evil or not, is still to be seen. Um, I think that uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of information on this slide. So I'm not I'm not going point-wise, but I'll I'll just talk to you a little bit about influencers. It is interesting because the conversation currently around influencers is twofold. And on one hand, on one hand, um, we feel that it's, I mean, they are in the limelight, right? They are, everyone is using influencers to communicate. And on the other hand, influencers are, have replaced advertising. They come at costs for for good content. They are um, no longer an easy medium to use. Um, They are definitely, they they, they are, or someone's calling me right now, sorry. Um, they are not an easy one to use. Uh, they are, um, and, and you know, so how, what demystifying influencer engagement is really the question, right? And I think there's a few things to keep in mind that one is there is no blanket list of influencers. And I, I mean, we've said there's no blanket anything in PR. So, I mean, influencers just follow suit. Based on what your brand is, based on what the objective for you is, there are different ways of working with influencers. The first thing is to identify who are the right influencers for you. If it doesn't, if the content that they are putting out is not authentic to them, you are going to get called out. We've seen this quite a bit recently on online. That's one. Two is how do we work with influencers in a way to, in a way that adequately communicates our brand because either we send them something through a gifting exercise and then they post about it but there may not be any the the messaging may be incorrect we may not be able to feed them with the right messaging uh they may get the handle wrong it could be anything right so are we willing to put money into these influencers for the right kind of messaging that's the second question you ask yourself the third question you ask yourself is if i am putting money into this i have to look at it as an advertising engagement so i am am i at is it the right place to advertise for my brand right and the last thing is the audiences how do i pick an influencer because just because they have one million followers doesn't mean that is part of your audience. So once again, it is identifying the objective for the influencers you are for your influencer marketing. Most often, the correct the the correct objective is visibility building, right, and it it's buzz building. Sometimes it could be driven to sales where you put promo codes in, where you'll be able to track the metrics certainly, but it is you're working with very large numbers here and there's no way while you can measure engagement, you can't necessarily get insights into their audience. Um, So, and and plus, plus also in the influencer social media followings are changing day to day. So it's important to consider all these things when you are going into influencer engagement. I think that you know, you start, how, do you, how, how, how would you measure it, right? You start with a simple gifting campaign. Then you're, you're, the budget that you are allotting to it is your product, right? You pick 50 influencers. Based on what works, if it works well, you then narrow down on who you'd like to engage with on a paid-for basis. Some people may work with you on a non-paid-for basis. If you don't have to work with product if you have to if you if you use influencer profiles to raise your own profile now there's live talks there's IGTVs, we need to think about the way social media is moving as well, when we talk about influencer engagement overall. Um, So those are a few things to keep in mind but also I think that we're talking to our clients a lot and I think a lot of the brands that we have worked with continue to engage with are talking about micro influencers and why that segment of influencers are so important because their communication is authentic they com- they are likely the buyers of your products and they work within they, they are they, they, they push both word in, word of mouth and interactivity within their small circles and ultimately if, if your objective is, to get the right eyeballs and to get to to ultimately convert to sales, that would potentially be the right way to go. So we're looking at we're looking at influencers. It's a very big, very big segment of what we're doing from in the marketing business right now, but it's important to once again identify the engagement, uh, the the objective, look at engagement, look at macro influencers that make sense for your brands. Evaluate the pros and cons of a paid partnership. And last is don't forget the micro influencers. So I think that covers overall what I would really like to say about influencer engagement. But of course, happy to take any questions that you might have. I just
0: want to add don't worry, we have a recording of this session because there's so much valuable information being shared.
2: I We're talking very fast.
0: No worries, and we do have a few another ten minutes because we do have a few questions, and I know there's a slide that you still want to touch upon. So, Hi.
3: I have a quick question. This is an influencer related. Um, we're probably heading into the third wave, and
2: uh, I just want to understand: is it extremely damaging for the brand or counterproductive to put a pause on PR, um, during a lockdown? Gauri, do you want to take that one?
1: Yeah, I think you know it's a great question, and we actually saw this also last year um, when when you know we when the pandemic had had hit and so on. And what what would brands do, right? Because you're completely right. I think that there's a lot you know of of having to think about what is the messaging you want to put out, and you know just just ensure that that you keep it authentic and not only try and be pushing your brand you know in a kind of a clinical fashion. Um, if you're doing it in a way where you feel like your information is either informative to your public or it kind of gives you an opportunity to give them a little bit of insight into your own life. Uh, you know, it depends. So if I'll give you an example, and, you know, I'm not sure what industry you're talking about, but we've worked with a lot of chefs, and um, what they did through the pandemic was, you know, bring people into their homes virtually, all right? You know, here's what I'm cooking with my family. Here's how I'm, how I'm dealing with my teams. You know, here's how just humanizing the process and, you know, talking a little bit more about their lives, which actually worked really well. And this wasn't actually a planned strategy necessarily. It was more... An authentic way for them to find time to connect with their audiences. So, we think that, you know, again, PR in the sense of traditional PR when it comes to media coverage is you should track to see what media is coverage covering at the time. And if you feel like your brand has something relevant to say, you should 100% be pushing the brand messaging. Um, but I would say that if it's social media and you know, uh, trying to do something in that space, it, there's so much backlash in the space that only if you believe that there's something that, that is truly relevant and will resonate with your audience and will make them actually you know, want to come back to you for more, it's important to do it. Otherwise, it's entirely fine to take a break from it because everybody understands that you know, it's, it's, it's a very trying time and a time that we've actually never experienced before. So if that answers the question.
2: I think actually the next slide, if it is the digital PR slide, will answer can can answer this in in one more way. So if we want to move to the next slide, oh sorry, it's not. No, I
0: can I can just skip to that one if that, since that's more relevant. If you like me, to.
2: We can come back. Yeah, that would be great. So you know the one thing about digital PR, given in the digi- given that we exist in the digital age, I think there's, there's, three more elements to think about. And we, again, to reiterate, I'm not a, 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 a digital marketing agency. We are not a social media agency, but what we do advise is how clients should behave online, right? Because that is part of the consumer strategy, c- c- the communication strategy. And I think just to answer that question is one, never before has there been a greater opportunity than to put out your own content. Right. And that is part of a PR strategy. So what Gauri said, and and she is, I mean, it, it's so true, is that media PR may not have may not be the right thing through a pandemic. But if you have something to say and if you are able to craft it correctly, then there is so much owned PR that you can use during your through social media, through various channels. Your website, your personal social media, your uh, interactions with influencers—that you could you you could in, encompass in through the pandemic and then now even—that's um, one. There's a lot of owned content, so so really work with your VR agency to identify what that content should look like while still keeping it authentic. Two is that anything you put online is going to stay online. Don't forget that. So. Think twice before you put something out into the digital realm because it lives there forever and you want to make sure it doesn't come back to haunt you. And three is that don't forget that through digital, your audience has now changed tenfold. You, what would have been a hundred percent audience is now thousands and thousands more because you are using a digital medium so much more. So make sure that either your brand is able to cater to that or your communication is changed to cater to that. And I think that those are three really important points to think of specifically in the time that we are living now with the rise of digital, but also where everything is so sensitive and we are living in this start and stop culture of communication. So I just wanted to add that as the next step because it tied in so well with what Corey was saying. And I think we can go back then. If anyone has any
1: questions. Vishwani, if, if you feel like we should just, I mean, there were, there was just a couple of more slides, only one because yeah. we got a few questions on personal PR, but we can always just, you know, leave that for everyone to see when you, when you share the presentation with yeah.
3: them. Yeah. Um, I think we'll
1: do that. We have a question
0: or two. Uh, I think Vidhi had a very relevant question about, since everything is so inorganic and paid, like what is even authentic anymore? So Vidhi, I'm going to stop sharing the presentation if that's okay with everyone and then we can just get into uh, the
4: questions. Also, if I can just add to Vidhi's question, right? Like how much is too much? I mean, yeah. I was talking to Kunal Shah and he was like, you know, a founder who's always talking about their brand is usually insecure. And I was like, I feel attacked. So what is the right mix and how much is too much really? So
1: I think that, I mean, that that's also a great question, right? It's like, um, I would say two things, you know, um, Again, you know, and when we talk about this a little bit, when we talk about personal PR, you know, and you being your best brand ambassador, you don't want to bore people to tears. So you want to, you know, choose your opportunities wisely. But I think that more than ever, people are looking to connect with, you know, like-minded individuals and see how there are ways in which collaborations can happen. So if you feel like, you know, and you are always going to be your, your, the best spokesperson for your brand, you know, I mean, you're going to know it inside out. And, and you have to realize, I think that when you launch a brand, you're going to have to be the face of it. So that's a large part of it. And, you know, and, But of course, it has to stay relevant, you know, you can't arrive at a a cocktail party and just start, you know, running through, you know, a laundry list of what you've done all day and why your company is so successful, you have to kind of build it into conversations. And I think listening is such an underrated um, value and such an underrated skill these days, because everyone's attention spans are just so minute, that listening more than talking is actually going to be the best tool that you can employ, because you yourself will then know which people to really be talking to, and to be, you know, telling your brand story to in a way by and in, in a way in which you feel like they can add value to you. So, so that is probably a better approach than you know by by just tooting your own horn constantly. And you know, this, this thing that you said, Ragini, about how much is too much. You know, so that's one. Um, I would say, Vidhi, you know, your question, I couldn't, we couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I think again, it's a question of of understanding the perception in the market about. You know, paid for activities so everybody these days knows unfortunately that a lot of these awards are paid for currently there are a lot of influencers calling this out on social media as a lot of you might have seen. Just saying that they've been approached by brands saying hey let me you know, uh, we want to nominate you for a leadership award and you know, please pay us an X amount of money so you know it's it's we see this all the time for clients in uh, across different industries that awards are are becoming more and more paid for some clients still choose to take that route and that's fine, but we would say pick and choose the ones that you think make sense to pay for Um, again if you feel like that (coughs) budgets are lower don't go that route at all stick to as much organic as you can it's going to be much less than what you know people the the kind of buzz that that people will get by paying for things but the authenticity authenticity value will always remain strong and Always rely on word of mouth, just always rely on it because that is, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, that will always hold you in good stead, regardless of, of where you are in your brand journey. And it's something that consumers at the end of the day will appreciate more because they'll believe that you're being more authentic than, you know, doing things that are clearly paid for.
0: I know you said your video is
5: acting up. Thanks, bad. Yeah, but thank you, Rena. Thanks, Gauri. I know it's just it's just unfortunate because you know having been a brand for the last ten years, you know there was a time that we we got an award organically or 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 everyone around us, and that meant something, right? I mean, you would, you would you would like to put it out because you know that meant someone was recognizing you, but now it's just it's just something that and I get emails like this literally every day. And I'm just like, wow, this, I mean, if it's just something that's that easy and it's not even about budgets, right. Um, what does that even mean? I mean, if someone can just pay to become the most influential leader or, or, you know, be, be a woman inspired brand, etc., etc. So it's just that you look around and you see the things that may be bowing you, are they also all bought so, you know, somewhere in your mind you're just constantly thinking that what is what is true anymore. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It's uh it's just become an unfortunate game, I feel.
3: It has.
5: We should all catch up over cocktails and you know,
3: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yes.
1: Went and talk about it. I I second
0: that. All right, Um, we have overshot our time, but I feel like PR is such a topic that we should have seen this coming. Um, I'm just gonna reiterate and say that we will share this presentation with you. I have equal FOMO for like missing out on some notes and you'll also have access to the recording. So thank you so much, Corey, Reina. I know we skipped one slide and I know that's bothering you somewhere. But uh, I'm sure we'll maybe do a follow up session or I'll obviously tell members to super connect with you and ask them whatever that they might have on their mind.
1: Of course, thank you. And we'd love to connect with any of you if you have any more questions, just to kind of understand strategy a bit more, um, you know, specifically for your brands. You know, these sessions are, it's so great to see the attendance, but of course it becomes difficult to, you know, speak personally to each of your brands as well. But if any of you ever feel like you need a little help or just, you know, a different perspective, we'd be more than happy to connect. So thank you for joining us today. Thank
3: you
2: for having us also. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you
0: everyone. This was lovely. Bye. Bye,
3: guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you.